Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mech. And this is the Gem Jam, where we're doing episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem of the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous, and it truly has to get back to the future! It's Journey Through Time. Yeah, remember when we were doing Renaissance Woman, and we were like, why isn't this a time travel episode? You know, two episodes ago. Yeah, it's a time travel episode. Season 2, episode 23, aka episode 49, Journey Through Time. You guys, this is my favorite episode. My favorite episodes all come in season three. This is my favorite episode of the entire show. I love it so much. I can see why. This is my favorite non-Riot episode. It's so good. Eric Early wrote this episode, a man named Eric Early. This is the only writing credit he has for Jim. He is a post-production supervisor for most of the show. Uh, He also did a bunch of post-production supervision for G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Humanoids, and My Little Pony. This is a man who knows Jim. This is a guy who has done post-production on Jim for a very long time. He's seen enough of it. He knows how it works. So he came in, cracked his knuckles, and he wrote the most gem episode of Gem to ever Gem. One and done. He's like James K. Polk. He only needed one. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Are you guys ready for this? I'm ready. I'm braced. All right. So let's just start off the best episode at Misfits Music. Where Hold Everything, Lindsay's show is on. And Eric's watching it while wearing sunglasses and looking super grumpy pants. While Lindsay talks about how the World History Concert's coming up next week and Jim's headlighting. All roads lead to glam rock. And of course, the phone rings. And of course it's pizzazz. Of course it's pizzazz. Who would you expect it to be? Did you just see Lindsay's show? Yes. Get us in that concert or get a new job. I love how this episode does not waste any time. No, it doesn't at all. It just gets right into it. Here's the plot. Here's Lindsay's show. Pizzazz wants to do the thing. Here we go. Tech Rat's been working on a device that could be just what we need. Yes! Yes, it's a time machine. Meanwhile, over at the Holograms recording room in Starlight Mansion, they're practicing a number. And we just, again, there's just no preamble. We dive right into the first musical number. Rock and roll forever, rock and roll forever. Again, I actually like this one. Yeah, rock and roll's forever. We originally heard this in Old Meets New, where it was, this was introduced as a cover of a 1950s song, right? Funny story, they spent that entire episode with a guy who wrote the song. He says they did it all wrong, and here they are doing it exactly the same way. Uh, the worst part of this music video by far is the cultural costumes. Oh yeah, it gave me an it's a small world feeling. I forgot what it was like to watch a music video that had a nice high budget and on-model characters. Everybody's the right skin tone. So let's run down the list here. Gem is America. Kimber is Britain, but she's dressed in a Scottish outfit. Shayna is Jamaica. Rhea's Mexico. And then we get to Aja. Aja's Chinese. Aja is a Chinese woman. So according to the flag behind her, she's Japan. Oh, God. And she's wearing... It's like one of those drawings by someone who's never actually looked at a kimono, but they've seen one out of the corner of their eye. It's got like the bell sleeves instead of like the long straight ones. And there's there's folds on the wrong side. And then there's just the rest of it. And it's like, Toei, Toei, are you seeing this? Is this your idea, Toei? Anyway, they fly flags around the planet and into the cosmos. And then the song ends, and then Jem shouts cut. Like, you don't need to shout cut at the end of the song. She's like, something's wrong. This song sucks. We're honoring all of history's greatest musicians. Including that weird discordant ancient Babylonian stuff. 
We need some Gregorian chanting. Where's the Gregorian chanting? Where's the Gregorian chanting at? Two events, road singing. We need more of it. Look, it's a glorious three-hour finale called A Salute to All Nations, but mostly America. And Jim says maybe Synergy can give us some ideas for how to pay respect to every music style and development that's ever happened in the history of the world in one song. And then that scene just kind of ends? It just kind of ends and we snap to the Misfits and Eric and Tekrat's garage, I guess? No, they've pulled up in a semi-truck outside the manor. Excellent. At some point, uh, because we come back to the shot a lot, I just start calling it the truck rat. So tech rat has this weird computer and a whole bunch of techno stuff just set up in the back of this truck. And Eric and the misfits are hanging around and Pizzazz is mad about having to work with tech rat. This is a time machine, Eric says. I'm going to use it to send Jim and the holograms back in time. Why not just kill them? Like at that point, if you're getting rid of them permanently like that, why not just hire somebody to kill them? That's right. Suck it, Moffat. And your obsession with the weeping angels, Gem and the holograms did it first. You just send someone back in time to die. Proof that Eric's a time lord. And what's best about this is that it's a remote time machine, which means you can just type somebody's name in and they get teleported to the past. You know what's incredible about this? Eric even reinforces the fact that they are doing this just so the Misfits can headline the concert next week. They're not interested in rewriting the timeline. They just need a way to write the holograms out of existence entirely. So they can headline a concert. The fact that Tekrat was working on this before the start of the episode, meaning this was not the intended use. No. Why did Tekrat need a time machine? Also, it's the fact that while everybody else is, you know, rightfully disbelieving, Eric's like, oh yeah, it's totally a time machine. I trust Tekrat implicitly. He hasn't seen this work before. I trust Tekrat here. Trust him. 1000%. I love this episode. Why is Tekrat using this time machine to send some glam rockers back in time? He could sell this and live like a god. He could send himself back in time and be a god. Also, we only find out once Tekrat has typed in Gem and the Hologram 1781 and hit enter that this time machine follows the law of conservation of mass, but only a little bit because five glam rockers plus a supercomputer translates to one lady. Let's keep a running tally of this. Five glam rockers, advanced supercomputer AI, one 18th century noblewoman who asks for Wolfie and then promptly faints. And then we uh, we also go to Jim standing in front of Synergy along with all the holograms. And suddenly Synergy goes, what's happening, Jim? And everybody else goes, I feel weird. And then they just like teleport out. And then we snap back to Eric and Tekrat and Tekrat says, you might say that. History, Eric. How long has he been sitting on that joke? I mean, he's had to be developing this thing for at least months, if not years. Yeah, I'm just telling them their history. Yes, that's perfect. I have to write that down. Eric's going to think I'm so clever. There's like a little post-it note on the time machine saying, remember to use the history joke. So the holograms phase into some fancy room and it's just the hologram. Synergy's not there. And their first thought is, Something strange is going on here. Jerrica specifically says something very strange is going on here. Ray is the first one to point out that like, all right, you're Jerrica, Synergy's gone. What the heck? Then they try to get in contact with Synergy and it turns out Synergy has a battery. I guess they installed this after DC. Eventually they find out she's just in a nearby building on her battery backup. She's in like a dungeon. Jerrica's like, Synergy, can you make sense of this? And Synergy somehow is like, it's March of 1781. They hear some guy out the window shout, like, he's like a town crier. He's like, hear ye, hear ye, a special performance in the Royal Viennese Music Hall of a Rondo song and sonata by Herr Wolfgang Mozart. Oh, that must mean it's March. Also, Herr, you heard that? 
No, you didn't. We're speaking English. Everything's in English. I guess Synergy has like a translation circuit. I mean, it could be like a TARDIS thing. Yeah, it's, it's TARDIS. It's a TARDIS thing because they are transported through time. Uh, they can magically speak whatever language of where they are. Why not? So they hologram themselves into 18th century noble women. Jem continues to be completely unfazed by anything. She's like, oh, all right. Yeti's last episode. Magic is real. Time travel's real too. Well, all right. What do we do now? And then Mozart pops in and it turns out Mozart here giggles like he does in the movie. Wait, this is a pre-existing weird giggle? They just lifted his entire characterization from the movie Amadeus. Oh my God, there's precedence for this? I thought there was just a creepy giggle for no reason. No, this has been established in a previous movie. So this is someone else's weird idea. Yeah, they just figured Mozart's a weird giggler now. He's also voiced by a guy that I was pulling my hair out trying to figure out who this guy was until I finally discovered that this is Cam Clark. And it turns out there's a reason that I know him because he's been in like everything for years. He's been perpetually voice acting since the 80s. So the answer to where do you know him from is everywhere. He's been at least half of the principal characters in Warcraft. And like everyone is thirsty for Mozart, but Aja's especially thirsty for Mozart. Does he, is there something Craig-like about him? She thinks he's gorgeous. He's like, oh, where's Constanza? Which turns out that noblewoman who asked for Wolfie, that was the woman who eventually became Mozart's wife. Oopsie doodle. Gotta send her back. But he's like, all right, whatever. She's gone, hey, Aja, smoochy smoochies. Hashtag, hey, ladies, come hear my sonata. The song that he played, the one that they sampled, that it seems like they only got about seven seconds of, is a Rondo alla Turca from Piano Sonata Number no. 11 in A Major. It's... You know it when you hear it. There's some debate as to when that sonata was composed, so technically it's maybe not anachronistic, but we can't actually say for sure. So just hedge your bets. And apparently uh, his rival Solieri is basically just like Eric Raymond, but in Austria. He's just trying to get Mozart kidnapped so he can't perform for the emperor, who presumably is the Holy Roman Emperor? Apparently? I mean, he hangs out with an archbishop? Salieri is, he is a real person. He was a composer. There's a rumor that he had a bitter rivalry with Mozart to the point where some people suggested that he murdered Mozart out of jealousy. This entire rivalry is again, just lifted straight from Amadeus. They didn't do any actual research into Mozart. They just watched Amadeus a couple times. And in actual history, um, they kind of respected each other. And probably there was some minor competition because they both played music, but they respected each other. Salieri is also the person who taught, among other famous composers, Beethoven. Fun history corner. But you have to play, Mr. Mozart, says Aja. You may call me Wolfie, says Mozart, snuggling his head into her breast and cackling. That basically happens, yeah. And then he just sort of shoots up, gives his little giggle, and then he's like, all right, sure, let's do this. So the holograms say that they're going to go out front to confront the thugs that Salieri has sent to kidnap Mozart, while Mozart basically skedaddles out the back door. Once they're by themselves, Jim is like, hey, Synergy, change Shanna to Mozart. So they just, like, basically act as decoys, and all of the holograms plus quote-unquote Mozart are just sort of shuffled into a carriage and driven off elsewhere. Meanwhile, we see Mozart just kind of scurry out the door on his way to the concert. At the concert, Salieri really is Austrian Eric Raymond slash pizzazz because he's like, oh, Mozart's not going to show up, so I'll play a sonata instead. Salieri is basically misfits. Wait, are his songs better? He thought so. As soon as he sits down and is about to put his hands on the keys, that creepy giggle rings out and uh, Mozart just kind of skids to a halt on the stage. 
Salieri is escorted off the stage and Mozart just sits down and breaks into the middle of the freaking sonata like it doesn't matter that he needs to start at the beginning or not. Look, they only had permission to use this seven second clip of music, apparently. It's not like Mozart's in the public domain or anything. And the holograms, meanwhile, decide that they're done waiting in a carriage. It's basically a Beauty and the Beast portion of the carriage and it's flashing and lightning in the background. So uh, Jim's like, Synergy, project a band of vicious robbers, which I, I don't know why she didn't just have Synergy turn all the trees into like evil guitar monsters with tentacles. Yeah, this is tame for Synergy. She just makes highwaymen on the other side of the carriage out in the road where Jim can't look and her earring has no line of sight to speak of. And look, magic is real in this universe. Whatever. I don't care anymore. Anything goes. So there's highwaymen and the drivers just like... They just bail. Yeah, they bail entirely. And then the holograms get out of the carriage and walk back. And they get there before the end of the concert. But the thunderstorm starts messing with Synergy's signal? They're changing shape! They're witches! Sorceresses! Destroy them! Everyone in 1781 is immediately ready to believe in witches and stone them to death. And then it's time for an ad. So Memento Mori, buy our dolls, or the holograms will be stoned to death for being witches. The holograms are about to die before they have been born, undoing reality as we know it. Why didn't you buy more dolls? And then when we get back, the holograms mysteriously vanish because Tekrat decided to send Costanza back. So we've got five glam rockers equal one 18th century noblewoman equal two American soldiers in World War II. To be fair, they're carrying a lot of gear. Yeah, but we also have to throw Synergy into the equation here. I'm willing to believe that Synergy weighs as much as, if not less than, the number of skirts that the average 18th century noblewoman was expected to wear. And the holograms wind up in London during the Blitz. There's a helpful poster that tells them they're in 1944 London and also the Ben Tiller Orchestra is playing. They could use Mozart, but they couldn't use Glenn Miller. So they got the dime store knockoff instead. He hangs out with Lena Lerner. I wonder what year it is, says Jim, while standing next to a sign that says 1944. They get some really, really great outfits, though. Really cute 40s outfits with, like, the red lipstick and everything. Oh, my God. Kimber's in particular is really cute. So they come across two GIs. Carrying instrument cases. And they're like, we're part of the horn section of the Bintiller. Come with us, ladies. Are you fans? Why don't you come watch our rehearsal? Not, what are you civilians doing out here in the middle of London while there's an active bombing in daylight? Hashtag, hey ladies. They're like, hi, we're a female band. And they're like, a black sheriff. Ben's gotta see this. I can't tell with that line read if they're like, lady band or, wow, a lady band. It's either aggressive or benevolent sexism. And either way, I don't care for it. So the holograms get to meet not Glenn Miller. And Kimber decides to show them what they got by pianoing with the band. Only there's no piano in the song that they play together. I actually like this moment because instead of Jem being like, I am the Ur manager and the Ur performer. I am the Alpha and the Omega. You only talk to me. Kimber's like, look, Mr. Tiller, give me a half hour of your time. I'll show you what we can do. Because, you know, she's actually the songwriter. And actually knows how to play an instrument that's not electric, apparently now. So it's nice to see Kimber step up a little, even if it's in the 1940s. 40s with not Glenn Miller. And then we get our music video, which is We're Making It Happen, which still doesn't have any piano in it. 
So this is one of those numbers that's actually kind of nice because it sounds like the actual era of music they're trying to mimic. Kind of like rock and roll forever. But as a special bonus, Jem doesn't try to scat in this one. Oh, thank God. The lyrics remind me a lot of those 1940s songs that are casually patriotic, where the song just sort of looks you in the eye and says, Hey, you enjoying these tunes? You know what else you should enjoy? Democracy and punching Hitler. Red, white, and blue stripes. We're adding new notes to those red, white, and blue notes. And then, like, in the middle of the music video, there's just a 26-foot-tall Uncle Sam with an eagle. In London. Well, now it's our problem. And the song wraps up, and everyone's really excited, and these five women, including a majority women of color are being treated awful well, considering it's the 40s. In the middle of war-torn London. And then cute air raid sirens. Cute air raid sirens, and then a plane straight up crashes into the building. Like what? I thought there were bombs. It's an entire freaking plane. Memento Mori. The holograms just got crushed by a plane. Again, undoing reality as we know it. This is your fault. You didn't buy enough. Uh, and then we come back and Tech Rat has abducted some hippies. Yeah, so it's five glam rockers plus synergy equals one 18th century noblewoman equal two American soldiers equals four hippies. Four dirty, extremely high hippies. Yeah, because they're like, wow, this is turning into a real bad trip, man. And Pizazz goes, hippies? This is getting worse and worse. Pizazz. You're wearing your cow outfit, Pizazz. So Pizazz insults Techrat again. So Techrat sends the misfits back in time. Interestingly enough, the holograms plus synergy are worth four hippies. The misfits are only worth three. Well, there's less of them. Now there's seven dirty hippies hanging out in the truck rat. Eric is like, you time banished my band. And Techrat's like, they shouldn't have yelled at me. They shouldn't have messed the guy at the controls, snarls our beautiful son. And Eric calls him a jerk and says, where do you think I get the money to pay idiots like you? That's a very good question. Techrat's not a weirdo. He's a genius. Uh, anyway, they're all transported to Woodstock and all the holograms immediately run into Jimi Hendrix. I mean, legally distinct Jimi Hendrix, a.k.a. Johnny Beltrix. Oh my god. I just wrote that down in my notes in all caps. Woodstock, Johnny Beltrix. 1969. Yeah. I love that Johnny Beltrix literally trips over the holograms, and I love that the first thing someone says is Reyes shouts, look out for the bombs. He must have immediately assumed they took the brown acid. Because he immediately launches into exposition like, this is 1969. My manager wants me to go on stage with some unhip chicks called the Misfits. And it's either I do that or I'm out of Woodstock. And Synergy's battery is running out. She's on some kind of truck. She doesn't know where she is or where she's going and her battery's low. Oh, by the way, this truck that she's in the back of? Okay, look, we all know that Optimus Prime doesn't actually look at all like a semi-truck. We know this. Optimus Prime doesn't look like a truck. Synergy is in the back of Optimus Prime, who's got a pallet swap. He woke up early. It's not the 80s yet. So he got a part-time job. So we slip over to sleazy past music executive. Who is basically 60s Eric Raymond. Basically, we're running into a lot of variants of Eric Raymond. We're running into all of his ancestors here. No, wait. Wait a minute. Eric Raymond's a Time Lord, right? Oh my god, he is a Time Lord. These are his previous regenerations. Exactly. He was Salieri this whole time. Oh my god, Eric. That's why he's so confused when he runs into other Eric Raymond later. Spoilers. It all makes sense. So, 
This guy has quote unquote signed the Misfits to play Woodstock and they're into it, except for Stormer who wants to go back to the future. And uh, Pizzazz is actually not worried at all because she says, look, we're Eric's meal ticket. He knows that. We know that. He's financially invested in getting us home. Then the holograms come in. When they all start arguing with each other, but Jim walks away for a moment to enact her major plan. Because she asks Pizzazz, aren't you forgetting someone? And then she walks away and she makes a hologram of Eric Raymond in black and white striped bell bottoms and a flowery colored t-shirt and tiny little sunglasses and it's incredible. Yeah, he's wearing a purple flowered Nehru jacket and he's got like freaking dollar sign bling. Oh, he looks so incredible. This is the best character design in this show. Hologram Eric comes out and he's like, hey, you're signed to me. You can't play for someone else. And Eric's previous regeneration is very confused. And furious. And he kicks the misfits out of Woodstock because if there's one thing that is a universal constant, it's contract disputes. Beldrix is going back up on stage alone, I guess. And he's like, I'll always remember what you did for me. Even though I don't know what you did. Thanks. Also, here's hoping Beldrix went the way of Hendrix, or that's a time paradox. He could conceivably be still alive in the 80s. Time is a flat circle, kid. I'm not totally sure, but is that actually Jimi Hendrix's recording of Star Spangled Banner that he played at Woodstock? Surely it's meant to be similar. If they could only get seven seconds of a public domain classical music piece, then they probably couldn't get that. Anyway, throughout this entire segment, Beldrix's manager has been talking about a secret light show box that's guaranteed to make the concert for him. It turns out the secret light show box is Synergy? Suspended from a single rope! I don't know how the timeline's supposed to work on this. Was Synergy sent back slightly further? Then the holograms? Pizzazz gives one of her patented Pizzazz pushes, which sends people flying backwards. And she starts pulling levers, so everything just goes wrong. And so right before Synergy crashes to the ground somehow, the holograms and Synergy all phase out. And everybody's back home. Techrat says that he had to make everybody go back to where they were supposed to be, so this whole thing was pointless. The holograms, they all quietly agree to never mention this to anyone. Because they're not sure it really happened. And then the misfits back Eric up against a wall because they're furious about hologram Eric. Because he messed up their performing at Woodstock and Eric, of course, has no idea what they're talking about. Pizzazz nabs the computer, types in a few things, and sends Eric back in time as he screams for mercy. And a dinosaur comes back. And like for a second, I thought that they were writing Eric out of the show and this would be his ultimate fate. He died in the era of the dinosaurs. And then he was replaced with a baby dinosaur wearing a suit? Basically, yeah. I mean, he can't do any worse of a job. The baby dinosaur also completely wrecks the system in time for Eric to get warped back after being chased by apparently the mama dinosaur in, well, look, hey kids, remember how we perpetually in the past don't know what dinosaurs look like? Well, this cartoon super didn't know what dinosaurs look like. It's a mess. It's a mess. It almost eats Eric. It's a whatever-saurus. Yeah. And then he's warped back at the last moment, trading places with the baby dinosaur, which is how much Eric Raymond is worth, and he just sort of rocks himself and cries. Let's not dwell on that for too long. It's time for the History of Music concert. It's a glorious 90-second finale called A Salute to All Musics, but mostly the Eurocentric ones. We're here to honor the great musicians of the past, like Mozart, Ben Tiller, and Johnny Feldricks. 
I'm pretty sure that's all of them. All of it culminated in glam rock. You're welcome, America. And then we get our music video, which is rocking down through time. And the weird thing about this one is that Glenn Miller gets mentioned by name, Jimi Hendrix doesn't, and John Lennon gets mentioned by name instead. Also, Gershwin? Gershwin's in here for some reason. And like several different classical composers? Kimber got to use the harpsichord setting on her keyboard. That's all she's here for. And there was like a bit where she like winks at illusory Mozart. And there's like some steel drums in there? I swear I heard steel drums. I don't know what's going on with this. We also do get like a brief shot of Flapper Kimber, which is A+. I get the feeling there was an entire 20 section that was cut from this episode. That would make sense, right? Especially if you're going to be talking about like jazz. And that song is the end of the episode. We successfully did it. We paid tribute to every single style of music that has ever happened in the entire world. No two band throat singing, which I was annoyed about. That stuff's the bomb. There could have been like 60% more liar. And that's it. That's our episode. That's my favorite episode. This episode is so many expletive words that we don't say on the podcast. It's wonderful and terrible. It's got Tech Rat. It's got Eric. It's got ridiculous things in it. It's got dumb songs. It doesn't make any sense. And I love it. It's spec frickin tacular. The Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter and Tumblr. We are just about everywhere on the internet at The Gem Jam, except on Twitter, we are at Gem Jam Cast. If you like what we do and you want to support us, a like, review, rating, subscribe, or like, or whatever. I've said like a lot. Like us, please. We crave your approval. If you have any money sitting around that you decide just needs to go to people that scream about glam rock, we'll send that our way. Patreon.com slash The Gem Jam. Join us next time for Brit Rock, which is way weirder than it sounds. So until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where we remind you that too many cooks spoil the outrageousness.